Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 256, and we are talking to you today about how to get nutrients down your kids. It's not impossible, we promise. And we have seven tips that we're going to share with you that are going to help you get better nutrients down your kids and feel better about getting better nutrients down your kids. And we promise you it's worth the effort. So let's talk about nutrient-dense food. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Okay, everybody. Today we're back with another one in our episodes about what we would tell our younger selves. In this episode, we're going to be talking about nutrients for kids. And some of the stuff we say might kind of surprise you a little bit. So we're going to dive in. We did want to let you know that we have done a lot of episodes about food and feeding kids and nourishing ourselves and all that. So we'll link to some of those in the show notes and you can go check those out too. Yes, we love talking about food. Who doesn't? Food is the best, right? But especially as a mom, I mean, there's so much, there's there's so much drama around feeding our children. But today we're going to be talking specifically about what we wish our younger selves would have known um, about how important specific nutrients are to our kids, how to get them in them, right? So many of us worry, are my kids getting well fed or do they have all the vitamins and minerals they need? And so today we're diving in. Okay, we know as moms of large families who have been feeding kids and people for a very long time, very great amounts of food, we know food and feeding the family can be a struggle in so many ways. We know it can be a struggle financially. We know it can be a struggle with your energy levels to cook yet another meal. That's kind of the repetitiveness of it. Or, you know, like you're busy, you've been fighting toddlers all day, you got one hanging off your leg, and now it's time to make another meal. Um, a lack of respect or love for what you've cooked. You just want to, you know, get your kids good nutrients and they're hating on you for it. <laughs> all this, like they don't like what you've cooked. Um, you know, I don't like it. And do I have to eat it? In fact, one of my, um, I forgot to put a humor segment at the beginning of this one, but one of the most common retorts or ways of saying you're welcome to somebody when they compliment me, they're over for a meal and they compliment me on the food. I'm like, well, you're so welcome. I really like it when people eat my food without saying, how many more bites do I have to take? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. The respect. Oh my goodness. That is probably, I mean, anytime you have dinner guests, it can be a little stressful, but I, I keep doing it because I just, I love to cook for people that appreciate it. We very often have the missionaries over from our church and they're just young kids, you know, 18, 20 year olds. And, um, they are so appreciative of like spaghetti. <laughs> and I love it so much because it somewhere in my brood, somebody's gonna be like, I don't want this. You know, I don't like this. I'm like, I don't care. 11 other people said they wanted it, you, you know, but to have somebody actually appreciate it. I love it. And I'm kind of a foodie too. So it's terrible. All my kids want is just quesadillas for the rest of their life. And I'm like, don't you want this? Look at this luxurious recipe I want to make. No, they won't have any of it. So I feel you. Okay. So our first tip is to get them started right when they're young. And I know this is hard to hear when your kid is older, but if you're still having kids or you got babies or little ones, get them started 
right young. That means eliminate the sugar, eliminate the junk as much as humanly possible because if they don't get a taste for it early on, they don't come to crave it and they're so much better off. Funny story about this. When I was a kid, I'm the oldest in my family. My mom was very particular about sugar and and healthy foods. And until I was about five, I called all crackers cookies. So if I got a Ritz cracker, it was a cookie because those were special occasions. I didn't taste an actual cookie <laughs> for many years. Now I'm kind of wishing I never had, you know, because now, now I got a problem. I know. I guess this is just the humor episode because I have another story, but my it will probably be a very humorous episode because our attempts at feeding our family, getting nutrients down our family is probably very humorous. Right? Yeah, it's very humorous after the fact. In the middle of it, you're like, um, oh, you will eat this. <laughs> okay, so my um, 21-year-old daughter was going to take her four-year-old brother, toddler, on a date. And he, she said, where do you want to go? And um, so she was talking about different restaurants. And she named off, you know, all these different restaurants. And he says, well, what kind of food do they have? And she's naming them off. She says, well, like Arby's, you know, they have chicken nuggets. And he says, what are chicken nuggets? <laughs> So she went to Arby's and bought him chicken nuggets so he wouldn't be such a deprived child anymore. <laughs> but that brings me to my point. Who is buying the chicken nuggets and serving them to the kids in the house? Like they're not buying chicken nuggets at the store. It's you. Okay. So what I say to young parents who ask me for nutrient nutrition advice for their kids, I say, don't order off the children's menu for them. It's a nutrient desert. Seriously, it's mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, right? But if you work with them when they're young, before they have um, choices, and I know that sounds terrible because picky eating can happen young, but before they have a choice, like I'm talking, you know, between one and two, if you work on exposing them to all kinds of food and their palates aren't being influenced by sugar and carbs, they will have massively expanded palates when they're adults. They might go through phases where they'll only eat, you know, you name it. But but when they get to be adults, when if they've been introduced to it when they're young, very young, they'll have an expanded palate when they're an adult. This is such a good point. And you know, for some reason, we think that there are only certain things that kids will eat. But I guarantee you that kids in Japan do not eat chicken nuggets. I mean, they probably have their own nutrient deficient <laughs> type of food, but I guarantee you they eat sushi. Whereas some of my kids think that's disgusting, right? I guarantee you that kids in India eat spicy food at a young age, whereas my kids are like, it's so spicy. It's just what they're exposed to, right? Um, I have a friend who is an amazing mother at feeding her children nutrient-dense foods. She makes amazing, really, really vegetable-hearty meals, and her kids eat them all the time? No, because kids never eat everything you make. But they don't complain nearly as much as my kids often do because I have gotten out of the habit of making as nutrient-dense foods as I used to. So just, you know, it, it takes a little bit of work, but the earlier, the better, right? I have a funny example. The other, the other week, a couple of weeks ago, we made my four-year-old a sensory box and it had, we went and bought a box of Cheerios because, and then we put little tractors and diggers and construction toys in it. And that was supposed to be his, you know, he scooped up the 
that, well, ended up, of course, he was eating the Cheerios and he was going into the schoolroom and getting handfuls of Cheerios like all through the day. And then guess what? He didn't eat almost anything else for two weeks except the Cheerios out of this sensory box. <laughs> and his palate was like so, um, or his, his diet was like so narrow at that point. And look, you know what? There's nothing sadder. Okay, there's sadder things. It's really sad if you see an adult and their palate isn't expanded, like they're still ordering chicken nuggets, right? <laughs> like, when do you think your palate is going to get expanded? It's not really as an adult. So anyway, that's just my two cents. Don't buy the chicken nuggets. Or the Cheerios, apparently. Oh, or the Cheerios. They weren't even the sweetened kind? It was just regular no. Cheerios? He was no, that into them, huh? Yeah. What a weirdo. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Okay, number two, the thing that we want to tell our younger selves is you are doing a good job. And the results, the rewards are going to show themselves in 10 to 20 years. So just be patient. <laughs> yes, just like so many things, right? Like giving your kids chores. Spoiler alert, no one gives their kids chores to make their life easier. It makes me laugh out loud when people are like, you know, every now and again, you'll get pushback when you talk about chores for kids. Oh, you're just trying to make them do all your work for you. Yeah, because that works out. No, it makes your life harder. And and feeding kids nutritious food is the same. However, you will see the pros of fewer sicknesses, less medical, fewer medical issues, so much less strain on their body when we feed them nutrient-dense foods, and they will become really well what do you what do you call adults that eat well on a spectrum? Well eaten adults? No, that's not it. Any <laughs> thinking well spoken. Cannibal. <laughs> kids it kids and young adults that eat a variety of things and are open to anything, right? I have had a couple of kids uh deal with some very, very narrow palates and coincidentally a couple of them, it was because they had a bacteria that was actually craving that kind of garbage food. But when they're able to try these different foods, all of a sudden they they're interested in more adventurous things and they want to they want to feed themselves nutritious foods. I mean, this happened with my oldest and he's getting ready to go out on his own and I'm so proud that when he wants to eat, he wants to eat a really amazing sc scrambled egg dish with vegetables and meat and potatoes and you know, hearty nutrient-dense foods and not a bowl of Cheerios, right? Because over the years it has worked, but it does take time for sure. Yeah. I think I would just say this to my younger self, just to like kind of encourage myself on like, it, you're doing the right thing. Just keep it up. Don't get discouraged by the lack of immediate rewards. Yeah. And on thank, top of thank, the immediate thank you from your kids, like it's, oh yeah, that's not going to happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing is know that it won't always be perfect, right? You're going to have phases that you go through where it's a lot harder to feed your kids healthy food. I feel like I'm just coming out of one of those. It was just kind of a crazy few years. And I'm like, how did all of a sudden we get to eat this junk? So we're slowly eliminating it again and, and bringing back the good stuff. And there's a little bit of pushback, but not really. Like my kids know, kids know when they're eating things that are good for them. It just takes a little bit of time. So you, nothing is set in stone. You can always change your ways if you feel like you need to be be improving the nutrients that your kids are getting. Okay. So step number three or tip number three is to choose the hills you're willing to die on and let the rest go. <laughs> so hard, but important. 
Yes, this is so true. So like I wanted to eat lots, for example, in our family, I wanted to eat lots and lots of healthy food, lots of nutrient dense food, but we couldn't afford organic meat. So we're eating as healthy as we can and growing as much organic food as we can and raising our own animals organically, but we can't afford. We're going to talk more about expenses later, but um, it's just like the hill that we're dying on is not organic. Or we just wouldn't be eating. You know, there's an 80-20 rule and it's it's applied to so many things, but it applies to food and eating too. If you eat healthy or your best or nutrient dense 80% of the time, then don't don't beat yourself up about the other 20% of the time where your kids are, you know, at someone else's house and they eat crap. You can't control that, right? Or they're around someone else, or you go to a get a get together or whatever. Or you're just really tired and you order pizza that night because, you know, so many thing, other things happened. If focus on the 80% of the time that you're getting your kids nutrient-dense diet and let the 20% go, it's allowed. It's, it's all in the percentage of what they need. Yes. And I would argue that when you allow your kids to, you know, eat whatever served to them outside of the house, very quickly they understand the difference between how I feel when I eat garbage food and how I feel after I eat mom's dinner, right? And at first they might just go kind of go crazy like, oh, this sugar tastes so good or this, you know, mac and cheese tastes so good or whatever. But in the end, especially as they get a little bit older, they realize, oh, that doesn't sit so well with me. Or actually I'm hungry 20 minutes later when I eat that stuff. What's going on, right? So always giving them that, that example. I'm forever grateful to my mom for doing that to, for me as a child. I don't feel like we had crazy healthy foods, but we always had nutrient-dense homemade food. And so I knew growing up, when I went off to college and ate garbage for the first year, I knew exactly how to come back. <laughs> it was back to homemade from scratch food with lots and lots of nutrients. So, so good. That is such a good point. And it actually leads me into our tip number four. So my, um, one of my kids is currently struggling with wanting all the, all the good looking, smelling things that other people are offering him, but then it having, he, uh, he's prone to migraines. <laughs> and so he had, um, something with food coloring in it the other day. And sure enough, the next day he has a migraine. And he was like, why? You know, when he's in the middle of a migraine, why am I having this? And I was like, well, remember that really good thing that you wanted to eat with food coloring in it the other day? This is the side effect of that for you, for your body. And so tip number four is, um, I, I just call it food coloring is worse than you think. But like the things that aren't good for your kids, are actually even worse for them in ways that you don't even know about. Like there'll be studies that'll come out in 10 or 20 years or whatever that will show you like, oh yeah, I was on the right track when I was, you know, not letting my kids have food coloring. And then on the other hand, like don't focus on the things they can't have, but like deep colors on natural foods have more nutrients. So if you're looking for something nutrient dense, you know, in a, in a piece of fruit, go for a blueberries over an apple, that kind of thing, because focus on like the good food is better for you than you think, and the bad food is worse for you than you think. That's something I would tell my younger self. Yeah, that's a great reminder. And if your kids do kind of put up a stink about letting go of the fake colored food, there are so many wonderful deep colored foods that you can use to color your food just for fun. Sometimes we just do, you know, whatever, a pancake batter with some berries in it because the kids want pink pancakes. Or um, beets are amazing, right? Although they do give 
the side effect of coloring everything that goes in and out of your body. But it's really fun. Sometimes we just make these beet smoothies that are just bright red and the kids get so excited, right? So you can still have some fun with your food and use more natural coloring um, and then the benefit of all those nutrients. I love it. It's like the addiction that you were talking about, though, with your oldest. I think you said that, like he, there was something in his body that was not only causing him to want that bad stuff, like, but to be able to want and process the good stuff. Yes, I'm going to mention it here, but we have an episode on par- episode on parasites, <laughs> and that can actually, if your body is, if a child's body is being host to another organism, it can cause this organism to make your child's body want the things that are actually better for the organism than for your child. So go listen to that episode too. Yeah, honestly, it 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 sounded like science fiction when I first learned about it, but it it was true. My I took the junk out of my kid's diet, the, the things that this bacteria was craving, and all of a sudden he wasn't a picky child anymore. And it kind of blew my mind. So there really is a reason for for eliminating the the nutrient deficient foods that we have. Okay. So tip number five, it will often seem harder in the short term and you'll think, oh my gosh, I just want to buy a box of mac and cheese. But I promise, we both promise, you will thank yourself later for sticking to those healthy choices. Um, Especially when it comes to sugar (laughs) and in the short term as well, right? Like, Like we're saying, a kid who, it's easy to say yes to getting a kid some Halloween candy it's so much harder to deal with that kid as they're coming off the sugar crash or they have a headache or they're barfing or whatever's going on because they just inhaled so much junk. So um, let's just give the Halloween example, right? Recording this just a week or two after Halloween. It is so easy for me to just be like, oh, you collected a bunch of garbage. Sure. Make yourself sick and then whatever, we'll take it away. I I just couldn't do it. Like I just knew how much it was going to poison my children. So I said, you can have two pieces and then it gets hidden for a long time. And spoiler alert, they always forget. And then I just throw it away. But if they remember, I can pull a piece out here and there. But, you know, stick to your guns, stick to your guns, because you're going to benefit in the long run, even if it's just, you know, tomorrow when they're not (laughs) sick to their stomach because they ate a bunch of garbage. Oh, I know that is so true. That is so true. Okay. So even like there's hidden things here that kind of seem harder in in the short term, but you'll thank yourself later because this is uh, going back to what we said about you're going to see the benefits in 10 or 20 years. So like even the cooking pan or utensil material that you have in your kitchen it has healthy versus unhealthy options, right? Like those aluminum pans with that nonstick coating, those are cheap. They're, they're cheap and they're easy and they're convenient and they're easier to clean, less time that. But in the long run, your health is really going to suffer from cooking on aluminum and consuming that nonstick coating as it gets scraped up off that pan. (laughs) And yes, glass and stainless steel and copper, iron, cast iron skillets, those are more expensive, but spoiler alert, they last way longer. And in the long run, they're not going to do to your health what the cheaper options do. So like, it's not only the food that you can do healthy choices on, but it's like the the materials that you're cooking the food in, that, you know, the, the packaging, that kind of thing. You know, if you have options, if you can even make healthy choices there, even though it's harder in the, in the short term. Yeah. Nothing like looking at that, uh, nonstick pan that's missing half its coating going, where did that go? I know. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure we all consume that. <laughs> I know. I saw the, the, 
um, we got one of the, a mixer and it had the, um, the beaters had a coating on them to start with. And I took one out of the dishwasher the other day and I looked at it and like some of that was chipped off and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> which of us ate that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably many of us. Yay. Yeah. But like, you know, a, a healthy ver just one plug for cast iron skillets here is that if your kids are deficient in iron, you're picking up iron as you're cooking in a cast iron skillet and it helps their diet and their nutrients and their nutrition and all that. So it's all, it's the little things that make a big difference. Okay. I said, we we're going to talk about finances because that is a huge one with food. And we have episodes about, you know, how to afford kids and how to deal with inflation and that kind of stuff. And I just want to acknowledge here that yes, healthy food is more expensive. Yes. <laughs> like in our family of our size in this current day, our food bill is our biggest bill. It's bigger than our house payment. It's bigger than any other bill combined, but we don't have any medical bills. And our energy levels in us and our kids are way above what they would be if we weren't eating healthy food and so on and so forth. Like it, it manifests itself like we get more done because we're not laying on the couch in a coma from eating... <laughs> A carb coma from eating, you know, whatever. So yes, it is more expensive on on the front side to buy healthy food. I acknowledge that. But the other lack of bills makes up for it. So here's a side note on the energy levels in kids. I was reading um, Farmer Boy to my son, my 10-year-old, and um, <laughs> he can't get over the amount of food that the mom makes for every supper. Like he is dying. It's like a Thanksgiving dinner every night, right? Because these guys are working they're working farm hands all day long just churning through calories and and then it says and then mother made it's like turkey and ham and potatoes and the, and my son is like drooling I'm like son there's no way there's no way we would eat all that because we are so sedentary. <laughs> be a thousand pounds, but it's pretty amazing. Well, he's a lot more active than I am, but it's pretty amazing at how the, you know, old time farmers managed to keep that kitchen going with all that from scratch food. So amazing. But yeah, you know, I, I have definitely, definitely seen, um, the difference between medical bills and junk food and healthy food and, and healthy kids. Now, is that always the case? Not necessarily. You might have a kid that has a, a health issue that there's not a ton you can do about without seeing a doctor, but the vast majority of issues can be healed through food or largely healed through food. Like why would, I just keep asking myself, why would God give us these bodies that required so much medical intervention without a solution that we could get ourselves? And there is a solution. It's healthy food. <laughs> and we're so, so many of us are so removed from how to feed ourselves these nutrient dense foods that we just forget that and we go the less less beneficial option of medications and other things so 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 helpful all right tip number 7 is that homemade food is healthier as we all know and it's also cheaper right i will say here though here's here's what i have noticed buying just ingredients to make things from scratch is relatively cheap buying just a bunch of junk food is also relatively cheap combining the two is when it gets very expensive, right? So don't expect to go buy organic produce and good healthy meats and all the chips and cookies and crackers, then your bill is really going to be high, right? So you you get to choose. And we highly recommend you choose the, the healthy option because when you make it from scratch, it really is cheaper. Like sometimes I look at some of our fav favorite meals, the ones that require 
very little, uh, you know, from the store, just some basic ingredients. And they really are quite affordable. Um, as long as I'm not feeding everybody, you know, filet mignon, which doesn't happen, but you know, it, it, take a look at how, um, how many ingredients you're used to getting pre-made, right. And ask yourself if there's a way to make them from scratch. I know I've said this in other um, of our food episodes before, but when your kids eat nutrient-dense food and they have like a high-fat diet or they're eating better food, they're less hungry. My kids don't ask for snacks between meals. Like they just don't because their bodies don't need it. So like, so when, so when their bodies are full and their needs are taken care of, they're not hungry. And so they're not asking for the chips and the crackers and the popcorn and all, all the things that aren't really doing anything for their body except taking up space in their stomach, right? <laughs> you know, and then we we talk about with our kids, you know, things like making sure you're chewing each bite at least 10 times. Like I have multiple children that can just like inhale with like a, bi- a, a, a chew or two on the way past their teeth or something. It's terrible. But we've explained to our kids that part of digesting and part of being healthy is getting your saliva involved and getting your brain involved. Like you don't actually your stomach doesn't actually register that you've eaten and that it's full until there's a certain amount of times that your teeth have come together and your sal- a certain amount of saliva has been released, right? So they're just like explaining these things to kids and 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 they love it. It's like a game to them when they start, oh, I bet I could chew this bite 25 times. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, don't be gross. That's That, that starts to get gross in there. <laughs> just swallow. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. And then growing your own food, like being in control of your food source is a really empowering thing for the whole family. Like they know where it comes from and that's really amazing. And then if they're involved on the process, you guys probably know that we have a farm here and we have chickens and rabbits and cow and goats and, you know, all the, all the animals that we've had pigs. And when you raise your own food, the kids are so much more, Oh, appreciative or respectful of, you know, the time and effort that they put in on feeding and taking care of these animals. And, and it's healthier for you too, because you're controlling the food source from the very beginning to plate farm to table. Yeah. It's like, except it's right on your own, right in your own backyard. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Yeah. I was going to say about the snack thing. Um, I, I too wondered about that for a while. Cause I remember people complaining, my homeschool friends complaining, oh my gosh, how do you homeschool? My kids just eat all day long. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> but I do notice a difference. If I allow them to have prepackaged, I don't know, cereal or something for breakfast, they will be hungry all morning long. But when we have a vegetable egg scramble with meat, or we have, you know, this really great berry crumble with nuts and Greek yogurt and everything, they don't eat again until lunchtime. So if you want to cut down on the kitchen mess, more nutrients, more calories, more fat. So beneficial to give. And to give the kids not only the the energy, the stamina to make it through their day, but the brain power. Like it's impossible. When's the last time you tried to like really focus on something when you had a belly full of sugar? Your brain doesn't work right, right? Get Allow them the opportunity to to think better, to process things better with good nutritious food. Well, guys, I guess I would tell my younger self that you're doing the right thing. It's hard, but keep it up. (laughs) And I hope that in this episode, we've shared some things that were like helpful for you. Maybe like one thing that you can pick up on or add to your routine or your kid's diet or meals or something, but like, it's worth it. It's not, no effort is wasted. If you can, you know, just only start with like one meal a week where you're doing it healthy. Well, that's where somewhere to start, start there. And then it, it is worth it. You, you do see the benefits. It will be a while, 
but it's worth it and and keep trying. And that's like what I want to get across today is that like, I don't want anybody to feel um, like guilty or I'll never be able to eat like this or do like this from listening, you know, to today's episode. But I want you to feel encouraged to um, just like us cheering you on to make the best, most healthy, nutrient dense food choices for your kids that you can. I, I, I just don't think you, that you will regret it. Yes, absolutely. And in addition to the just try one little thing at a time, I would say before you eliminate, just try adding good food, right? Maybe you do have some some bad habits and there's, you know, some things you like to get rid of like, you know, the chips and the cookies or whatever. Just try adding more nutrient-dense food and then not buying the stuff again, the junky stuff again, little by little, maybe like you said, just one meal a week or maybe one day a week. We work really hard on those healthy foods and then slowly grow from there. So, yes, you're doing a fantastic job. It is hard work, but it's so worth it. Okay, that's what we have for this episode. I'm Audrey. I'm Bonnie, and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. 